welcome to the Birds and Bees podcast. I'm your host, Yay. Johnson. Yeah, I am white. I am cisgendered. Um, I am neurotypical. I'm able-bodied. Uh, so this podcast is for everybody who's not part of the bullshit heteronormative binary. And I have a friend, a very old, dear, special friend of mine on today, Mr. Tom Nolan. Well, Hello, uh, Sue. Hi, Sue. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> We've known each other since we were puppies. <laughs> yeah yeah young, definitely young <laughs> yes yes before the ring started to calculate <laughs> right gray hair sorry <laughs> um so you are a, just uh you're almost like the unofficial mayor of albany <laughs> you know so many people and you've been living here most of your life. I mean, you started in um, Schenectady. Yeah, I started in Schenectady. I was in Schenectady for, well, here's the weird thing of my life. I've lived three places. <laughs> uh, my first year I was born, I lived on Lark Street or off of Lark Street on Lancaster, where my mother said the store on the corner used to be an adult bookstore. And she would watch men go in in their, you know, their trench coats with their, you know, hats over their head. And their faces covered. <laughs> yeah. And then we moved to Schenectady and I lived there for 20 years in the Bellevue area. I always thought Bellevue, isn't there a mental hospital name for that area? Makes <laughs> sense. And then I moved back to Albany. So, and I've been here since 1991. So we're a full 30 years here now. Okay. Interesting side note though. I always get Bellevue and Mount Pleasant confused. Um, oh but Mount- yeah. Two different places. <laughs> yes. But Mount Pleasant actually is an old English word for vulva. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can make probably some lewd jokes that go to that, and um, I'm going to avoid that. Okay. <laughs> um, what what always impresses me about you is that you you have always had an artistic slant. You are you're a great photographer, Thank and you. and you, me personally, and I know the same for you. Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. Oh, my God. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Any chance to be creative and throw on something that's weird is my thing. Yes. (laughs) Or even just to look fancy or (laughs) or fun. (laughs) Go go a little fancy. We don't mind fancy. (laughs) Fancy. Fancy pants. (laughs) (laughs) But um, and, and you've always taken to just like your wild abandon just like whatever this is going to be so amazing and different and creative and i can't wait to show everybody yeah i think you need a little of that it's a little bit of whimsy it's a little bit of letting go um you know i always think of myself as not that much of an outgoing person but then when i look back Mm -hmm. at stuff i've done i'm like i'm a lot more outgoing than i thought i ever would have been so you know um, you know, it's the inner versus the outer. What you know, what you think about yourself and what others perceive about you are always two different things. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my tongue tripped up. Um, and, and that's definitely true. I I don't know if it's kind of like an inverted, like an ex- out it's an inverted extrovert. Thank you. Yes, inverted extrovert. That's what I yes. am sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Do you have? Do you still keep um, collections of your photographs? I do. I don't take as many photographs anymore because I'm old. So I'm not a big <laughs> fan of the digital age. That you know, you get to take your picture and then you see 17 versions of what you just took, and then you can say, no, 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 no. Oh, that one's good, but let me adjust the filter. 
I hark back to the days of celluloid when you had to take a couple shots and hope they came out. Um, yeah. I tried to like, you know, to do things or take more photo memories because I always say my memory's horrible. So I want it when I'm old, I'm like, <laughs> oh, was that me? What am I wearing? Who let me out of the house in that? Or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I'm trying to adapt. Um, that's one thing I've been trying to do lately is to broaden my uh, capabilities and my adaptabilities up to better technology. Trust me, this whole Zoom thing in this last year of being socially distant, but on chats and whatever, Mm-hmm. Um, nightmare at first, but I'm getting better at it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to, uh, to, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we're just Luddites or stuck in a different era. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, we're in that weird Gen, you know, Gen X sort yeah. of, yeah, collecting records and, oh yeah, you know, using a dark room. Oh, <laughs> I know. I bought a CD like a couple months ago. Someone goes, "Who buys You're CDs like- anymore?" I do. You know, the whole reason why I still buy CDs is because actually someone designed that art, the CD cover or the artwork that went on the CD. Someone actually had to write those liner notes. Someone had to do that. So to me, purchasing the actual physical form of something is a way of paying those people back, you know, and displaying like, hey, this is an awesome CD, you know, or this is, hey, have you seen that album cover or, you know. Anything like that. You know, I think artists are very much underpaid and underappreciated for what they do. And, you know, knowing a few people that are friends of mine that are truly amazing artists, I try to support them as much as possible. And if it's not purchasing their art, it's like, hey, you've posted something on Facebook. Let me share so everybody knows about it. Absolutely. So, I mean, we're globally connected more than ever. But yeah. <laughs> And you know what's interesting too is like um, advertising, or um, in the '40s and '50s, it was illustrations yeah. um, in oils. And then mm-hmm. by the time we got to the '60s, everything they wanted everything to have more of a realistic look. So artwork went away, and it was all photography. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what exactly we're doing now as far as like pop art or um, graphic design. It's kind of you know. As far as the advertisement standings, I think they've gone down because now they rely so much on the Facebook word of mouth or the social media, someone's going to share it, or it's more focused in what's in the store and how your product looks, not some slogan or some mascot showing it something. I didn't realize something the other day until someone posted it of name your favorite female cereal mascot. There is none. I mean, I think no. there's a couple, you know, there's got to be a few out there. I know somebody said one of them, but, you know, all you can think of is like, you know, Cocoa Puffs and Snap, Crackle and Pop and these and they're all male. I'm like, yeah. wow, I never realized that cereal, you know, for kids and there's both male and female kids. That's how we get male and female adults and more kids <laughs> later. Um, the whole cereal market was all just, you know, marketed to male kids, you know. I never really thought about that. That's no, neither my, have I. My, my brain just kind of imploded a little. Sorry. It did it to me too. When I read this post, I was like, wait a minute. No, I don't know any female ones. I mean, and yes, I mean, we can get into gender that Booberry probably doesn't have a gender, but right, you know, you would, what you would assume <laughs> probably, you know, could be a male, you know, or mask uh, presenting. Right. Or mask presenting. Correct. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you have been a big part of the Capital District queer scene for a long time now. Um, but uh, I remember when it was a lot more like that we were just the outsiders, you know, we yeah. were on the fringes and it was just uh, much, not that it's not diverse now, but back then it was just like, you don't fit in, great, come with us. Um, right, right. And then you had, you know, and even with that too, is they had the, you don't fit in, come with us, but then you also got it. Oh, good. I'm in with some people. And then you're like, oh, but you really don't fit in with us. So, okay, you can be with us, but you need to be with us over in that corner with other people that are like you. Uh, You know, either you're, um, such as myself, you're a large gay male. Oh, well, you know, we're only bears and twinks over here, so you can go stand over there. You're not really a bear, so you can't be with the bears, but, you know, you're with these. And I'm like, aren't we all just gay to begin with in this place? You know, can't we all just be gay together? And I don't mean just happy. I mean, just be who we are (laughs) together without judgment. And, you know, unfortunately, I do see there is a lot of judgment in our community. And actually the one thing about my other persona or the woman that stays in the closet or the sister that stays (laughs) in the closet is um, kind of squishing that out, trying to, um, our, our motto is, Expiate, oh god, expiating Latin. stigmatic guilt. Yeah, oh god, yeah, <laughs> expiating stigmatic guilt and spreading universals of joy. So you know, we try to squash guilt. Don't feel bad about yourself, but be happy. You know, and yeah. not that like, hey, we all need to be happy. No, we don't all no. need to be happy, but let's bring some happiness to people's lives. Absolutely, and we're still technically living in a hellscape, no matter who the president is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You you get degrees of better. Look at I always, you know, when voting for myself, well, not voting for myself, I haven't elected myself yet, but (laughs) for myself, when I'm voting, I always I always say it's pissing, pissing. Well, it's picking the lesser of evils. You know, Mm. one guy may be a little bit more rooted to what you say than the other, but there's still some things that the one guy does. You're like, I don't know. That's kind of questionable. <laughs> I don't know if I had to pursue that, but you know, in the end, it's who's going to do the best job for the country and whole at home mm-hmm. too. You know, we have to stop just thinking about us ourselves uh, when we make choices. We do need to think about the greater good, and I know that sounds like such smalty bullshit. But it is what you really have to think about. Don't just think about yourself when you go to the election. Think about your neighbor who may not have it as good as you do. And even if you don't think you have it that good, you know, think about the person who is still being picked on or oppressed at school because they're different. And that's all they are. They're just different from one person. I love that. Eh. (laughs) I don't think it's sappy or smelty, but... (laughs) Um, what, what's been the biggest change for you? Do you think that recently, you know, I mean, like 30 years in Albany, what do you think the biggest change to the LGBT community is that? Um, I think we're getting recognized more that there is more of us out there. We're not hiding in a closet anymore and waiting for somebody else to step into the closet with us. We're trying to step out into our community more and say, Hey, we're here. You need to notice us and you need to stop stepping on us. Um, there are such great people in our community that are leaders. Um, I don't know how much you pay attention to some of the queer 
icons or leaders in the neighborhood, but there's a London oh, yeah. J. Precise. I don't yep, know if you know, know London. London. I think she's amazing. Um, I think she does a lot great stuff for the community. There's our drag queen leaders who have been doing drag in our community for 20 plus years. Um, Frida. Frida. Um, I love Frida. <laughs> Carmi Hope is one of our sisters as well. Um, you know, hmm. um, Kashi Goline, uh, Amanda Love. There's just so many people and you know i'm meeting and finding more of them that i didn't know because now i'm starting to go back out into my community a little bit more now that we can and yeah. i'm finding amazing people that like i just saw a couple weeks ago i saw empress champagne she's out of schenectady yeah she's an amazing person she's a great lip syncer um puts on a great performance you know i don't know her as a person yet but i hope to someday you know and this is kind yeah. of the nice thing is you know, I, I'm a big fan of drag. Um, I've always watched mm. drag. I watch Drag Race mm -hmm. every chance I can, no matter what people say about who they like, who they don't like, who's doing what or whatever. <laughs> and I always kind of not put the people in my community on that pedestal, but I'm always like performers need that. Like, you know, I don't want to like glom onto them and like, oh my God, you're amazing. Oh my God, you know, just mm -hmm. come. I need to shake and hug you. Um, <laughs> So I try to have a respect for them, but I also am like intrigued by like their amazing talent. It's like, you know, things are like, I don't think I could ever get there up there and do that. But I've recently had a drag queen in Albany say to me, why haven't you done drag yet? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> hasn't crossed my mind yet. But I'm not, now that they said that, I'm like, I don't know. Well, why, why, not? Haven't I done, why haven't I done <laughs> drag yet? What would I do? What would I wear? <laughs> Who would I'm I think? I'm not going to sing. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had Frida, um, I, I don't know her personally, but I have seen her perform quite a few times. And she always says, I'm great at making song parodies. She's like, it takes real talent to lip sync. And I just don't do that. <laughs> she, and she's great. She She's great at making a song her own. She has an oh amazing God, yeah. voice. Uh, Carmi Hope has amazing voice. Her She does karaoke Friday nights at Rocks. And I've gone there a couple times and, you know, it's so funny. Anytime I go to karaoke, I get like 98% ready to get up and sing. And then there's that 1% going, nobody wants to hear your voice. Nobody wants to hear you sing, you know? And then what I realized, there are some people who shouldn't sing karaoke, but the crowd cheers for them just as much, which I think is amazing. You know, it's yeah. the, you tried, you, you broke that barrier for yourself that, that your voice told you, I'm not good enough to do this. So it's yeah. just me. I'd sit there and go, what song could I actually not do that horrible? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think the same thing. It's like, oh, don't be pitchy. Don't be pitchy. Brandy is good. Brandy is good to sing live. Because you don't have to get a high register. Yeah. Or um, Tempted by Squeeze. You don't have to. Okay. Good song. <laughs> um, I always want to go with uh, Creep by Radiohead. Is one of my comes to real close but they have that really high note and at that point i'm just gonna turn the mic towards the audience and go okay you help me out with this part because <laughs> oh, i am not false yeah. i'm not no false following this <laughs> me i'm like etta james i'm a little more baritone myself <laughs> <laughs> at last sorry <laughs> <laughs> you can only sing 12 seconds of a song and then i have to pay for it so <laughs> <laughs> don't worry that's all you're gonna get so <laughs> But, you know, it, it, and it's think, thinking about drag and how you can basically do anything you want. You know, you can have a beard. Mm -hmm. You can be un completely untucked. Yep. Um, yeah. But I do think it's different for the queens 
that go on RuPaul's Drag Race because I've been reading a lot of articles. I think there was one in NPR about how it, if you look at like season two, which is most really available rather than season one, and then you think about what did we just end with? 13? 13, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, two and, seasons and these, of UK, one season of Canada, a season of Spain, and three seasons Thailand. of Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You had to do it. <laughs> Uh, and there was a Can- uh, Canadian. Can- <laughs> yeah, there was Canada. Canada too. Her. Our but anyways, what you were saying. I'm sorry, I sidetracked. No, that's okay. We're going to be doing this for the entire hour that we're going to be speaking. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. But if you think about someone like Tatiana or Pandora Box, they had no budget, and they made their drag like it was homey. It was. I don't want to say like crafty like michaels but it was definitely like all right, I gotta well, have some it was more off the rack stuff too back then you yes. you know you went to your dress barn or you went to you know god back then there was maybe rave do we remember the store yes, rave i remember rave um, <laughs> you know you went back there and you bought something you know that was in your size and you know when you say your size here's the one thing about me being a sister uh do you know how easy it is finding a size 24 or 26 or a 28 dress that's not easy but anyways back in season two (laughs) that's what you did and then or you know if you were somebody like chanel on season one chanel was a vegas girl she could afford to do all the costuming but you're right nowadays if you look at season 13 um all the girls have pretty much gorgeous looks you know they're Mm -hmm. fully realized they all get wonky when they're you know it's now it's a sewing challenge and you know (laughs) michael and i look at each other and go how do they not know how to sew the show has been on for 13 years now you've been accepted to drag race why didn't you take a sewing lesson you know take something you know stop thirty dollars on michael (laughs) yes right you know you don't come out of stage wearing a bag and a bald head. well you can wear the bald head but don't put a bag on your chest and say this is my outfit right right oh you just came for la la ree i only mean that in the best possible her, her face is gorgeous yes her dancing but was no, amazing I, I, no i know it wasn't an outfit girl oh, no god no no but oh, you know and, 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 and thankfully it has you know stuff like that's evolved too and you know um Look, a drag started, you know, back in nightclubs, and you never saw it yeah. during the daytime. A drag queen during the daytime. Oh my God, that never oh, happened. No day walk. And, and now, <laughs> you know, it's pride during the day. It's, you know, reading kids, reading stories to children is in public libraries. And I think oh, that's yeah. amazing. One yes. thing I love about drag race, it has made drag more exposed. And I think it's in a good way because as a little gay boy because let's just face it i was gay from born um you know, <laughs> i may have tried the, you're solidly uh, i may have side. tried some other stuff along the way but we all knew yeah. what was going to happen <laughs> long round yeah, i never saw that inspiration on tv that i could go that's me now no i'm not a drag queen but you do know most drag queens may be gay and okay right. that's a gay person i don't have to grow up to be a drag queen but there are other gay people in the world you know that's right. why i think we need more shows like will and grace but not will and grace you know other shows that show break us as regular people you know that yeah. were not serial killers because that's all we were back then we were serial killers oh God, or yes. we were the overly effeminate next door neighbor that screamed when my neighbor died you know, yes. um, I just <laughs> finished Pose Sunday. Oh. Um, 
Don't no spoilers. I haven't started season three yet. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I'm just going <laughs> to tell you this. When okay. you sit down, watch the po- watch post, get your alcoholic beverage of choice and put it next <laughs> to you. Next to that, put a giant box of industrial size Kleenex and grab your warm, fuzzy blanket. You are going to laugh your ass off. And I've laughed my ass off through all three seasons, but you are going to cry like you cry through all three seasons. Oh. And that's, you know, I love that realism that everything's not a happy ending realism because mm-hmm. you know what? We are normal people that we don't all have happy endings in our storylines, but we have good moments going through it. So we have to take the good and the bad, just like yeah. the rest of life. <laughs> but you know, it it's it shows show we need more shows that show gay people as regular people, as we and- are regular normal people we are not a freak show we are not a side show we are not something to be gawked at in public you know if you see a drag queen don't point at the drag queen unless you're pointing at that drag queen with a dollar bill in your hand yes i think too the problem with media is that we focus on somebody's coming out story right and then that's all there is people are so much more than who they're attracted to right yeah i'm not my sexuality right and and then and conversely, though, I mean, not conversely, but in addition to not having that be the focal point of the character, people fuck. So I mean, <laughs> let's show what it really is. You? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but going back to that other conversation with two, two gay people fuck, we normally go, don't get children from it. We do have to go to adoption yeah. agency, which is fine. <laughs> then we get to pick the one we like. <laughs> The thing I loved about Pose was I never, you know, this is because I'm privileged, you know, I, I was born a cisgendered woman. And, but the um, Blanca talking about how I can't dress for my body because I get chased out of stores. Right. And I don't, I mean, and then the stuff that I like, I can't afford. So I have to steal it. And I don't know if it's going to look like super awesome on me. And just, just really her going through that. I know what I look like in my head and it's not what it's presenting to the outside world. We all have that, I believe. I mean, I think sometimes, um, you know, as my regular Tom self going out in the world, I don't really dress uh, extravagantly. My normal day is sneakers, jeans, and a polo. You know, that's me. (laughs) That's my suit. That's my suit of armor as I go out into the world. In the summer, it's, you know, it's shorts, sneakers and a polo um i used to wear t-shirts for a while but i'm like they're not as flattering as i thought they would you know but you know i always have a vision of what do i look like in my jeans t-shirts and a polo and i'm sure my vision of what i look like is a lot better than what i actually look like and i'm not actually putting myself down you know what i mean i just think that you know maybe i don't look as large as i am you know but that's our whole fantasy anyways. You know, when I step out of the house as Sister Alfina Omega, and it's been so interesting of doing that the last year. I've stepped out a few times with neighbors next to me in the daylight. And I'm like, oh, God, I wonder what the hell they're thinking. And then I'm like, I really don't care, but I just kind of want to know what the hell are they thinking. But, you know, um, yeah, I want to look fabulous because some of the sisters look amazing. They do amazing mm-hmm. things with makeup. And I'm like, I've only been doing this for a year. So uh, 
please don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. But the nice thing is um, through the sisterhood and, you know, if you ever want to delve into the Empire Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence located on Facebook, uh, part of the Sisters of Perpetual gonna... Indulgence. <laughs> I was just going to say that I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Oh, cool. Tell us more about the Empire. Is it Empire? Just... No. It's the Empire Sisters uh, of Perpetual <laughs> Indulgence. That's um, the local chapter. As a that's whole, our local chapter. Collect- that's our Albany collectively chapter. known as the Sisters of Indulgence. Sister, yes, collectively, it's the Sisters of Pen- Perpetual Indulgence. Sister and a Perpetual. really, really quick backstory, if you don't know. Uh, basically, a long time ago, 1976, in the faraway land of Oz, or as they call it, Iowa, uh, a convent of Roman Catholic nuns sent some retired habits to the sugar plum fairies performing their version of the sound of music. <laughs> one, year later, one year later, our founder, Sister Vicious Power Hungry Bitch, moved to San Francisco and bought the habits with them. So what happened in 1979, it's Easter weekend, him and a bunch of friends are like, yeah, let's go out. Let's put on these weird habits. And they go into the streets of San Francisco dressed as nuns. Now, not as the nuns as you see as most sisters, just nuns. Right. What they found out is people were treating them actually like nuns. They would come up and talk to them and almost like now nah, because you don't confess a nun, but you seek advice from a nun. This is a thing. So they sat back and like, all right, wow. so what do we do with this? So they started gathering more people that wanted to do this and started creating their looks. And you know, we all say basically our look is based on gender fuckery. You know, yes. we kind of do female, but we're, you know, bearded, we're masculine, you know, we're hairy, you know. I mean, I know some nuns that go strapless and they're furrier than a shag carpet, you know. <laughs> but it's all uh. to, you know, identify with that nun look and, yeah. you know, to kind of push the boundaries, um, you know. So that's their history, and you can find their history at thesisters.org if you ever want to look more into the actual history of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and I definitely recognize or recommend anyone to go do that. But what my journey started with this is a long time ago, which is 2009, I was just bored on Facebook <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm just like, you know, in the, in the wormhole of what's this, what's this, what's this, and I saw this amazing looking creature like you know the white face beautiful colors eyelashes that were killed for and i'm like okay who's this and their name was sister shelby howbound i'm like well that's a fun name (laughs) and you will and you will find out there are some fun names for our sisters um (laughs) so i asked them sorry don't mean to be rude what are you and you know, they told me, I was like, how do I become one of you? And, you know, like, oh, find a chapter near you. I'm like, there's no chapter near. And I did the research, you know, there's no chapter mm-hmm. near us. And I'm like, okay, there's no research. And like, and I read, read like, you know, they're like, how to become a nun. And like, oh, you can start your own chapter. And I, like in 2009, I'm like, I'm not doing this by myself. <laughs> yeah. Back in 2009, I wasn't really connected to the community. I it was dating someone who them and alcohol didn't mix well so Mm. there was no need to bring them into a bar Mm. so there was no need for me to go go to a bar I mean I think I went a couple times with my friends and you know was like you stay home don't hurt anything including yourself (laughs) you know so I pushed it away and I forgot about it you know um August of 2019 I'm scrolling through Facebook as a Facebook you know inductee you know put the facebook feed right into my veins um i saw a nun (laughs) 
and I saw a nun that was in Albany. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wow. There's a nun in Albany. So immediately, you know, without hesitation, message them, not even like posted on their Facebook, like, who are you? Are you a sister? What are you doing in Albany? And that's when they told me. And that was back then. That was Sister Nova China. Thank it. <laughs> Thank it. And then oh. we're like, got <laughs> it. That was, a, that was a joke hand grenade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and they basically, they said they're starting a new chapter. Um, am I interested? I'm like, am I interested? I think we had like a two hour conversation via Facebook that night. I met them, I think in October. And from then on, it was in. And um, I toyed around a couple different names. Um, these are all trademarked. Nobody can steal my names. Um, so it was going to be either Sister Emma Chemtress. Um, <laughs> that way I always said if I ever did drag, that was going to be my drag ring because I thought Emma Temptress is cute. And I'm like, I'm so not a temptress. So right. that would be funny. Um, <laughs> Sister Divine Inspiration and taking from Divine, oh. who I'm a huge fan of. You know, you, you got to love Divine. Um, and then oh. Sister Alfina Omega is what I was su- deciding on. And for me, Alfina Omega it was the beginning and the end. It yep. was the beginning of healing, the end of hate. It was the beginning of love, the end of, you know, guilt. So and, you know, my other half, Michael, was like, yeah, I like that one a lot. I'm like, OK, well, that's it. So, you know, thankfully, I have a partner that is very supported in my sistery and, you know, doesn't really bat an eye when he comes home and there's, you know, seven pounds of glitter on the sink of cases of glitter <laughs> I bought or wait, is that a new dress you have purchased? Shut up. Sister needs a black sequin dress. you know. <laughs> or the struggles I'm going is like, I need a corset. What size corset do I buy? <laughs> Because these are things I would not know and things I'm a little embarrassed about walking into Victoria's Secret and going, what size corset would I wear? And I'm thinking Victoria's Secret is not going to carry my corset. And we shouldn't go to them anyway, because they are transphobic and don't like people of a certain size. Oh, well, now I definitely want to go to them and fuck with them. (laughs) They made a big stink a couple seasons ago. You know, they they televised their stupid fashion show around Mm. like... um, after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas, and someone had mentioned something like, you should put some trans women models. And they're like, no, 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 no. And then yeah. other people were questioning, like, why do you, like, the heaviest we'll see on the stage will be, or the runway will be a size six. That's their plus size model is a size six. Yeah, it's a size six. And they're like, well, we don't want to cater to fat people. <laughs> I, I hate that. So thank you for the uh, the update on you know Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret. I know I know her secret now. She's a cunt. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that's that's just another thing. It's you know how do I know who and who not to go to sometimes? Like I know you know I know thankfully the one Chick Fil A in our area is behind the gates of Albany Airport. Not that I ever want to go to Chick Fil A, but it stops other people from going to them. Absolutely. But, you know, it's just who, you know, we need a list and I'm sure there's one out there. I'm sure somebody will point me towards one eventually of what businesses are the best business is to, you know, give your money to who are the ones that don't discriminate, you know, Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what sucks yeah. is I've been in there and I think that's stuff I wanted, but I'm like, I just can't deal with their politics, you know? <laughs> 
So. <laughs> so um in order to become a sister you had to do a community service project correct i did well yes yes i did i kind of did i had to do something that serves the sisters um mm -hmm. so there's a couple steps with sisterhood first you become an aspirant you aspire to become something nope back up first you're a postulate then you're an aspirant then you're a novice then you're a sister um because we were starting the house we kind of rushed a lot of that through. Like we all started more as aspirants, you know, because right. we all kind of knew there. Because basically with a postulant, you kind of hang out with the sisters for a while and you see if this is something you like. And then when you're aspirant, you kind of start doing some things with the sisters. You know, if they do an event, you come to the event and maybe you set up chairs, maybe you take tickets or whatever. Um, right. So, but then you do become a novice and part of your novice is having a novice project. Um, I was like, okay, what can I do? Because we were now, when I did my novice project, it was July of last year. So we are full in COVID. Mm. We can't do a lot of things out there. We're trying to push ourselves to become a fully professed house. We want this in Albany, you know, and we're going to do it even if there was just five or six of us at the time, you know, which is not a big house, but because of Albany's size, we can have a smaller house. So oh. my novice project was, is I'm, fortunate enough to have a family that has made much better choices than I have in my entire life and they own a house that sits on Brant Lake above Lake George Ooh. so my novice project is I'm going to do a, a weekend retreat for the sisters we're going to come up to Marcourt as the house is called and we're going <laughs> to spend a weekend of doing sister projects which would bind us in getting us to know each other better we would play some fun games we'd have some food uh -huh. but then a lot of what we did is we worked on our empire sisters on how are we creating this group in albany we worked on our 501c3 which is our not-for-profit status and i'm going to tell anybody who wants to become a not-for-profit out there writing the 501c3 request is a huge deal it's a lot of writing um, it's a lot of double checking and, you know, there's places out there that'll do it for you, but they want to charge you like $2,000 or more. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> not for profit charging to be a not for profit. I'm like, okay. Um, this so is why capitalism wanted... doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we spent the weekends through that. We wrote our Bible as that weekend. We wrote our handbook. We wrote our, you know, how to become a sister. Uh, but we did fun, silly things. Like we took a, I, I can show you, mine's right here. So this is one of our projects. If you can see, it's a Chinese food container. Yep. Okay. We, I decorated it with stickers and inside there's a whole bunch of notes. Okay. On Aww. those notes are kind thoughts and wishes from all the other sisters from that weekend. Aww. So just so you're having a bad day, all you have to do is pop your hand in the box and you read a cute note, you know, that may give you a, a happier moment. Uh, we made sun catchers, you know, the cheap things like the little plastic yeah. in the metal that you hang on the windows. We did those. Oh, yeah. So we all got high on plastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a lot of food. Um, you know, if you've seen any of my posts, my hashtag is fat guy making food. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I made so much breakfast, I think nobody was going to move for three hours afterwards. <laughs> but it was fun. It was, you know, it was a retreat. Um, then one nice thing we did is we did an exercise where you take a bunch of, you know, almost if you ever 
go to like a makeup counter and have them do a makeover, they give yeah. you these blank face sheets and they color yeah. on it, you know, what it is. So we did a bunch of those creating sister faces and our looks. So uh, we went back last September as well for another just the weekends like we're not going to do any sister work. We're just going to go have fun. Uh, right. We did sister work. <laughs> we did a couple <laughs> things. Um, I took and framed one of each of the ones that we had made and I hung it up there this weekend. And there's something that they do is they do a blessing. And this is something our, we'll be doing out in the community too. It's not with that, but with these um, is you bless things. You know, we did a blessings. Basically we called in the nuns of above or our, or all of our sisters who have passed, who have come before us, you bring their spirit and their energy into the location and let them watch and guide you over the weekend, you know, and then you, thank them for their service on the end of the journey. Um, but they do fun blessings. We do one out there, like, you know, basically a lot of glitters involved and sometimes rubber chickens. I love it. So, you know, I we can bless anything you want. You know, we can just do a simple blessing. Um, you know, some blessings get a little bit more provocative, provocative, you know, blessing nipples, blessing nipples with consent though. Cause we all, it's all about consent. We don't touch people without consent. But, you know, would you like a nipple blessing? Would you like a blessing blessing? You know, would you like your elbow blessed? <laughs> if you're not happy with your nipple being blessed, would you like your elbow blessed? You know, <laughs> and it's saying a little blessing, rubbing, sprinkling a little glitter. You know, everything's better with a little glitter. The funny thing is, if you know anything about glitter, you only have to use glitter once and you have glitter for life. The other day, Michael was over. Michael walked out of the bathroom and he had glitter on his cheek. <laughs> I have not used glitter in three months. So I don't know where the mysterious glitter came from, but I guess somebody blessed him in the bathroom. <laughs> There's that really stupid dad joke about how glitter is the herpes of the crafting world. Yes. Springs up out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> um, how many of the original sisters are still with us? Um, not a lot, unfortunately. Unfortunately, if, you know, going back to when the sisters started, um, starting in the late 70s, early 80s, oh. uh, they got probably 40 sisters and then AIDS, and they mm. probably quickly dwindled down to 10. Oh to God. date, I know a couple of the original sisters are still with us. Uh, Sister Vicious Power Hungry Bitch is still with us. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's great. You know, it's, it's amazing. There's a couple of really cool um documentaries out there as well about them yeah. you can always definitely look oh yeah there's a couple interviews with them um what you can always do if you want something fun uh you know google search the sisters of perpetual indulgence easter sexy jesus because they have a sexy <laughs> jesus contest each easter oh my god i love that <laughs> we wanted to have one thanks covid <laughs> maybe next easter maybe next year knock on wood <laughs> Um, you know, what's interesting, though, is uh, I do outreach for what I do now, um, HIV prevention and STI education. So we had a bunch of coasters made up last year. I was going to go around to the local gay bars and of which in there's none in Troy. There's only one in Schenectady, uh, Clinton Street Pub. And then there are three in Auburn. And yeah. they're all within like a half a mile radius of each other. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, funny and kind of sad. You know, funny mm -hmm. because there is only three or one. Uh, sad because there's only three and one. But funny that the Albany ones are so close together. You know, rocks and waterworks being right across the street from each other. Which right. makes for a great event this Sunday, the 
gay pride block party <laughs> being held by rocks and waterworks so they're actually closing off that block um, from three to six on sunday so you can go be gay or be proud. <laughs> and drunk <laughs> yeah but yeah but as, as i was leaving waterworks today there was a big sign that said uh please have your covid vaccination card out and i was like a sign of the times I like that they're being completely responsible about the safety of the people who work there and the other patrons. And, you know, and that I wish more people thought that way, too. You know, I yes, I got vaccinated for myself because as a sister, I want to get back out to my community and start doing things. But I also got vaccinated because I know there's people out there who can't get vaccinated mm-hmm. or who maybe just won't. And that's fine as well. But. Until we have, you know, 100% lockdown of what this does, why not be precautionary? You know, look at how many vaccinations have been put out to date. How many deaths has there been? There's been no deaths, thankfully. Right. You know, there's been some reactions, which is fine. But, you know, we are trying a new medication. There's always going to be a reaction in some people. But no deaths. And, you know, if you're pretty on top of your feeling different than you should, that's when you go to a doctor. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh-uh. It's it's interesting to compare the HIV crisis to COVID nineteen. There's so, been a lot I of mean, comparisons of that. Yeah, uh, clearly HIV is not not airborne. No, it's a uh, airborne pathogen. Yes. Yes, but, thankfully there is a lot of difference, <laughs> but I think the, what the comparison was is the way they both spread. They both spread rather Correct. quickly, and I don't mean they spread yeah. like the same way as far as air versus blood. But, right. you know, we went from no cases to, oh, my God, we've now got over 600,000 dead in the United States alone, mm-hmm. you know, to and that's 14 months, you know, and AIDS was the same way. It was here, you know, you heard a friend or you heard of a friend who heard of a friend who had it. Then you were now counting the friends that you knew that didn't have it yeah. or the friends that you knew that didn't survive it or, you know, the friends that you knew that were barely hanging on. You know, I think, thankfully, we're lucky that modern science can now move quickly on some things. But, you know, it takes, you know, not to get political, but it takes, you know, the backing of all our politicians, no matter where you stand on a subject, to like, hey, we need to stop this shit. You know? It barely became weaponized. Yeah, it really did. It was, of course... That junkie and that male hustler, they deserve to have HIV and die alone yeah. in a hospital. Yeah. Well, look, at nothing really got done until I think the kid's name was Ryan White, the kid who got it from yeah. transfusion. That's when we got some major movement on HIV and AIDS, you know, and yeah. hey, we need to stop this, which is so fucking stupid. I'm sorry for my French, and I don't know if that's French <laughs> or not, but it's just ridiculous. Why, you know, hundreds and thousands of people are dying and just because some straight white child got it now we need to act no what happened to the hundreds and thousands of people before you know um people in unmarked graves yeah yeah because they were disowned by their family or they didn't have any money or they didn't want to tell anybody they were sick yeah that's Um, one thing that touches me that i i never understand um you know thankfully when i came out you know it was more like hey we knew (laughs) Um, but thankfully I was in a family that accepted it. And I won't say I was in a family that accepted and loved it. I'm sure 
my family have thought maybe they'd wished I wasn't because mm-hmm. I think that always goes through a parent's mind or a grandparent's mind or cousin, aunt, uncle, friend or whatever, only because and my grandmother did say this to me. She didn't say she wished I wasn't, but she did say to me, you know, that is not an easy life. Because, you know, I, I would have came out in my early 20s. So that's 1990. So we're getting better in the exception timeline at that point. Right. But it's still where people didn't have rights. People mm-hmm. would still be attacked for no apparent reason. And there was yep. no hate crime back then. So you could be beaten up because you were gay because you were gay. And it's not yep. a hate crime. And you're just beaten up, you know, or right. worse, much worse. And Happy my grandmother is a person who is a local theater legend. So she grew up with this, you know, around a gay and lesbian people so you know it's not like she was just saying it because of the news no she was saying it because she knew friends who had gone through this and they have not had an easy life but thankfully i have loved you are you are so beloved and and oh i was gonna say a little brain fart oh it just goes back to clearly no one would choose to be ridiculed or have their existence denied or be balked at or possibly murdered shamed murdered hunted persecuted anything refused a job yeah. fired from yeah. a job um, we're feeling that self-loathing i mean think about yeah they're not to bash religion but the mormon church they don't the people that are gay they don't exist they don't exist in the church and the suicide rates for young gay gentlemen are like twice that in any other organ. Well, I might be pulling my ass up, just statistic on my ass. But they do have a higher rate of suicide with young gay men because they can't be out in the church. Right. And then for right. whole gross, oh, love the sinner, hate the sin. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it, it makes no sense. You know, and honestly, it's the funny thing is, you know, when my grandmother migrated to California, that lucky woman, it's so much nicer there. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> she had a health issue and she moved in with my father because he could take care yes. of her better. My house is a small house. I don't know if you've ever been here, but my house is a small house. It's not large. The doorways are not open, you know, very wide. So she was going to be were shorter back in the 1800s. <laughs> yes, people were shorter back in the 1800s and not as wide, um, but she was going to be living the rest of her life. And she was in her 70s at that point, walker or wheelchair. So my house, our house was difficult to access. So she's like, I'm moving. You can stay. And I was like, I'm staying. I have the rest of my family here. Um, it was probably within six months. <laughs> I won't use the analogy that I used to, ha- used to, um, but mm-hmm. I have a two bedroom, one bathroom house. Yeah. Um, it's less than 900 square feet. Within mm-hmm. six months, um, there was probably 14 to 16 people living in it because oh. I would have friends who lived in like the hill towns, West Loam, Bern, yeah. Knox, Amsterdam, younger. I was young then too, but they were younger than me that had either just <laughs> left high school or, you know, that age who would come out to their parents and their parents would kick them out. Yep. And I'm like, I don't what? I've got a place to stay. <laughs> Mind you, I have two bedrooms, <laughs> you know, so and one shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hosting people off in the yard. It was fine. <laughs> I had um, my attic is not finished, but I probably had like five or six people living in my attic. Through the summer, which is not cold, or not oh. you know cool in the summers of 
you know, all I've seen your attic. It's yeah, but it's, you know, <laughs> they had no place to go. How am I going to tell you? Well, you know, you need to live on the street. If you sleep on my couch, I'm fine. Just do me a favor. I had one rule. Don't park in my parking spot. And that's my television. If I come in and want to watch something, we're watching what I want to watch. <laughs> that was it. You know, honestly, I don't think I charged any of them rent. You know, um, the only thing I asked is bring food when you can. If not, I brought food. You know, nobody went hungry. You know, it's just how do you do that to someone? How do you do that to a family member? I never understood that. You know, maybe because it's the family I grew up in. I grew up as a very loving, caring family on one side. The other side was loving and caring, but they didn't tell you. <laughs> you know, like I could <laughs> hug my mother's father. I think I hugged my, no, I could hug my father's mother. I think I once hugged my mother's father and he went, what is this kid doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how Poppy Lou was, but that's okay different type you know there's different yeah. type of people in the world that's fine you kind of knew you were loved from both sides just one was a physical touchy i want to hug you squeeze your love the other ones i love you i care about you but you know i'm not really ever going to tell you but you'll get christmas and birthday cards from me <laughs> um <laughs> i got the giggles um now you were in uh, you were Dr. Frankenfurter for oh God. quite some time oh, yeah. in, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, thought I didn't bring you that were... up, huh? <laughs> But you were so great. I, thank I... you. You, I, you know, uh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I started going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was in maybe ninth grade. So my first year in high school, I was in a class with someone who was in the production that was behind the Colony Center, when they had a movie theater that was separate called the Plaza, called the uh, Center One and Two. Yes. Um, I'm actually one of my best friends now. I saw Carol, you there. <laughs> my, one of the, my best friends, Carol, played Frank back then. The girl I went to school with played Janet. Um, yeah. So I started going, actually, I started going with my stepsister, which was funny because here I am, like, you know, ninth grade she'd pick up me up with her boyfriend in her trans am oh that's so cool and we'd be drinking <laughs> bottles of blue nun nuns have oh played God. a part in my life for a very long time uh blue you know we're drinking is so icky. <laughs> I know. look at it, it was so 1980 yeah you were hella sophisticated at the time yeah it was, it was 1985 what do you want from me <laughs> and i wasn't buying so i didn't care so you know exactly. i started going rocky you know and staying out to like three or four o'clock in the morning because you'd go out afterwards and you know of course the nice thing is my mother and my grandmother knew where i was they didn't mind because they knew who i was with they knew what i was doing they knew when i would eventually be home thankfully um <laughs> only one time did it happen where like my lot ride left without me and I had to call my mom at like three o'clock in the morning going, will you come get me? And she did. And she wasn't mad too, which was nice. <laughs> so, you know, Rocky Horror, unfortunately has something in the Albany area that's never been sustainable for a long period of time. We don't get theaters yeah. that show it all the time. And if you've ever been to a Rocky Horror Picture Show production, it's a lot on a theater. Yeah, you show a movie, yeah. but then there's the cleanup afterwards. So I'm sure that's what a lot of theaters got aggravated with. So this turns to be like 1989, 1990. I live in Schenectady. Now I lived in Albany. Well, I think you just moved. That sorry, yes, that was the cusp. I lived in Schenectady, then I had to move to Albany. Um, yeah. That's a story for another time. <laughs> but my one friend who I was hanging out with told me, like, "Hey, they're showing Rocky at 
the Plaza One and Two Theater in Rotterdam. I'm like, oh, we'll have to go. So me, my friend Charlene, and uh, her friend Tim went one night. And, well, they were showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's all they were doing. There was no cast. Oh, there was my nothing. God. I'm like, that's oh, the most okay. important I'm like, part. they need a cast. And I'm like, at this point, you know, I had bought it on VHS, so I'd known the part a little bit. I'm like, okay, so who's going to play Frank? And both of them went, <laughs> not it. I went, okay. And I'm like, you know, I'm comfortable with my gay self back then. I'm like, all right, I could do it, you know. Um, I was not the size person I was now. I was a smaller size person, but not a tiny size person. Um, I remember my first Frankenfurter costume was bought at Fashion Bug in the lingerie section. Oh, oh my. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I the always next week, did have a decent plus size section. <laughs> the next weekend, we show up in costume and we, and I'm, I'd said to the manager, like, do you want a cast? They're like, oh, sure. You know, and like, we had a couple people. And then it turned into like, okay, so we're just three people running out through like the major parts. Every week we would glom someone from the audience and just by looks alone. Like, I'm like, you look like you play in Columbia. Okay, could you be our Columbia tonight? And then we would (laughs) beg and plead and offer sexual favors to them afterwards to come back the next week and be Columbia (laughs) again. And that's really how we got our cast. I won't say the sexual favors things was not true. I won't say it was true, but I'm just saying there's was a lot of love back then. Just remember <laughs> the love. Try Absolutely. to remember the love. But you know, I, we never we packed the house a couple times. Unfortunately, we worked with a theater that had no budget for anything other than I'm going to show the movie. So they didn't do any right. advertising. Uh, you know, any advertising we did it was us. Yeah. I remember freaking one time one of our friends or one of our castmates did something with WMHT. So we worked a telethon, telethon, the WMHT telethon one year <laughs> in costume. Here I oh am, Frankenfurter costume, freaking pearl necklace, big feather shit on top of my head in friggin'. Wow. I'm pretty sure I was in the, the creation scene outfit, which is the uh, scrubs. God, I yes. hope I was. I hope I was in the creation scene outfit. You still had to wear heels. I still had to wear the heels. <laughs> You know, and it was always, you know, we were a cast with no budget. So it was always like, okay, how do we put this together? Um, I remember our Columbia, love her to death. Her name's Kate. Um, I went out and bought a black bustier and a bunch of sequins, rainbow colored sequins. We went to pick her up one Friday night for the show and she was in hysterics because she had spent the entire day sewing sequins onto the costume one by one, oh, by no. one. And I'm like, I love you. Like, boy, you need you need help right now. <laughs> but, you know, it was that sort of commitment we had, which was great. Um, you know, like any cast, sometimes you run into issues, um, you know, with drugs and alcohol and mm. not being serious. And I try to run it like a real cast for a show. You know, mm-hmm. I want you here this time. Please know what you're supposed to be doing. Please don't be higher drunk when you show up. Please don't get higher drunk while we're performing. Please get higher drunk once we're done. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. Sometimes we wouldn't have someone show up, so back then we're like, "Hey, you look like you're a size twelve. Could you fit in this Janet costume? <laughs> you can. <laughs> hey, great. Come on, come here. Take off your clothes." <laughs> I, was I say, mean, it's what kind of her a bra fun. and a slip for the majority of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Some of the best memories about doing that, though, is walking down J Street in my, you know, my collar my yeah, polo yeah. shirt my pol- <laughs> no in my polo shirt oh. my jeans and my sneakers to go oh so that's what you look like in clothing <laughs> i'm with my mother 
Could you not <laughs> scream that out at me, please? <laughs> Funniest night. I will always remember to this day. I always got ready at the theater. Hmm. I always got ready in the girls' room because the girls' room, I found out, was much better than the boys' room. You guys get this huge counter and this yes. giant meter, mirror. Yes. We get, you know, sinks and mirrors above them. And you have you ever tried to put mirror, makeup on a mirror like that? No, it's not going to work. So I no, would stick everything in. You'd be in the urinal. <laughs> yeah, right. So I would, you know, I would lay out my regalia, you know, my, all my makeup. And I brought makeup for everybody else, too. So I'm like the makeup supplier for everyone as well. And I'm doing my makeup. And sometimes, you know, girls will come in and use the girl room. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a guy in here. I'm like, and I'd look at her, turn around and, you know, fishnets in a corset. And I'm going, yeah. But either way, <laughs> somebody sneaks in. And she goes, hey, what? Your mother's here. What? Yeah, they just stuck your, snuck your mother in. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Now I have to perform Frankenfurter in front of my mother. You know. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do this. So if you know the movie well, you know, the yes. movie, the time that Frank rips off the cape and, you know, shows his regalia of the corset and whatever. I do that right in front of my mother. And then the yeah. whole time the boogie with a midget, I shake right down in front of her. And she's like <laughs> laughing hysterically, but got like one hand <laughs> over her face. I was like, so mom, do you have a good time? She goes, yeah. <laughs> Although the I, other Oh, one no, other fun, sorry, one other funny memory. And obviously, edit out what's not too funny for you. I had <laughs> gone out, and I can't remember what the name of the fabric store was, but there used to be one on Freeman's Boulevard. And so fro. I, so fro. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I bought a set of pearls to make the pearl necklace for Frank. And these things might have been the size of freaking pinballs. Oh, Jesus. They're huge. And I'm like, well, it would work good because Frank's were Frank's balls were a little larger. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That's true. And they'll read good from far away. That's it. You're thinking about the back of the house. Thinking you got about the back, the back of the house. Always thinking about the back of the house. Paying for the back <laughs> of the house. Um, <laughs> so I make the necklace that night. I'm like so excited. I'm going to use it. Um, you know, I'm going to use this necklace tonight. This night, our Janet's mother's there. Um, and she's like front row. Like one row back from front row. We let no one Eesh. in the front row because we put all stuff down in there. And again, I do the big reveal. And I don't know what happened. I Maybe something caught it, but I popped the necklace. Oops. So the necklace explodes. Funny thing is, the necklace also was very bouncy, I noticed. And as I'm doing the rest of the song, the balls are hitting the floor, which is concrete. <laughs> and rebounding to about eye level. Oh, my God. Hitting the floor and rebounding to about nose level. Hitting the floor. <laughs> and I'm trying to, you know, I know it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know it's not Shakespearean theater, but I'm trying to still, you know, lip sync the song, be make it character. look good, be in character, not break. I'm I'm thankfully the majority of that's done head up because I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. And Charlene or Janet's mother is there trying to grab my balls. She's just trying to grab my book. Not the ones that were in the underwear. The ones that are bouncing all over the place to give them to me later. And later, she's like, I found your balls. I'm like, thank you. She <laughs> found most of those. They found most of the balls. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's precious. It was precious. So, yeah. Well, those are fun memories. <laughs> I'm you just bring so much joy to my life, Tom. And Thanks. Geez, I'm thinking about how long we've known each other. Um. 
It's got to be me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'd say, what was 97? Yeah, I would say that's about no, it. No, no, prior to that. Yeah, because 97 will make me 27. Oh, God, I just aged myself. Uh, so you probably knew when I was 19, 17, 18, probably 18 or 19, because it would have yeah. been through Desiree. And I yeah. met Desiree when I was around 19 or 20. So around then. So probably 89. You worked 90. at things. You worked at the kiosk. Things I did work at things dismembered. <laughs> yes. I worked at the kiosk. She worked at uh, the dollar store. Yeah. And then she worked for Teams Plus. Yep. Which is the funniest thing. I was sitting in, in trans in world. <laughs> yes. I was sitting in Teams Plus one day and she answered the, for, answered the phone. Things remembered. How may I help you? And I looked at her and I was like, you're in Teams Plus. <laughs> so. uh, thank you so much for, for coming and letting me. Speak oh, to anytime. You. I hope you got something good to share. <laughs> oh, no, this is gold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you please like, rate, and review, feedback only makes this show get better. You can email me at birdsandbeastpod at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at birdsandbeastpod. Um, and I will put a link in for the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and it, and I you the uh, chapter accepts monetary donations, don't they? Uh, yes, we do. Um, and anything that we accept monetary donation goes will go for charities in the area. Um, that is one of the major things that we do as Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, and sorry, you know, it's in our bio too. But basically, we raise monies for other nonprofit organizations so they don't have to do the money raising and they can focus on their mission. Uh, we yeah. did a ice cream social for uh, the Damien Center, you know, and it was yeah. all to promote them. You know, it's we want to do a uh, sister bingo. Anything grabbed from sister bingo will go to something in the area and nothing. We keep none of it. We don't even keep like costs to like make flyers out of it. It's all to support our LGBTQIA community and others too. We support anybody who needs a cause. Uh, one thing is we can't support an individual. We can only support groups. So that's the issue with the 501c3. So if you have a friend that needs help, we love your friend. We'll talk to your friend. We'll support your friend. We cannot financially support your friend. Um, <laughs> I'll send you the link to both our, well, you have our group sister link. I'll send you our Facebook yes. link. I'll also send you the sister link if anybody wants to know about the sisters in whole. I and encourage everybody to, to uh, read up on the history. You're always looking for new sisters as well. So <laughs> if you like what we do, please reach out to us. Um, if you like to give back to your community, please reach out to us. We'll be happy to help you. Um, and we have some fast, fashionable merchandise that we're not selling yet, but I give stuff away constantly. <laughs> because you have a big, gentle heart and a kind I do. soul. <laughs> I do. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Please be nice to yourself. I, I stress that. If you're nice to yourself, you'll be nice to others. Thank you so much, Tom. And... Have a good night, everybody. Bye.